0: following program contains explicit language and subject matter and is intended for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. Hello? It has to start sometime. What better place than here? What better time than now?
1: Yes, I am corona free at this stage. Who knows what can happen? Welcome back. This is the bonus episode that I've been promising. Thanks to Pete the Cyber Monkey. I think, I think, let's not get too far in front of ourselves, but I think I'm going to have a system that works from this point on. No more crashes. No more losing files. No more trying to regain files. I think we've got it. So we're back. This is going to be what I would consider be a naughty episode because probably a lot of things we can't do. I'm locked up. I mean locked down for the next two days, and um, I'm hoping that this will find you'll find this a bit entertaining and. Um, get away from all the other shit that's going on, you know, people buying in bulk just to create panic, because that's all it is, just creating panic. So my idea, which comes from a few people, but basically a friend of mine said that she's gone off social media last weekend, and I had a, not only to have a social media black, blackout for two days, or well, almost two days, but I went away, because I had computer problems and production issues, I just couldn't get what I needed from this. Now, I should be, I'm still about seven hours late from where I wanted to be, but I think we're going to have something. So, okay, I came back to social media on Sunday night, and I can't remember who, but someone put me an idea in my head about companionship, and people are going into the lockdown, and there's going to be Netflix, and Stan, and uh, Amazon Prime, all of which I love. But sometimes we just need a bit of other human interaction and cheekiness, which I seem to have abundance of. So, this is going to be a retro topic, I guess part one, sort of 80s and 90s. Let's start with the 80s because uh, the kids today love flicking back into a retro mood. And uh, I'm going to talk about, or hopefully, jog some people's memories because I love doing that. You know, when you hear a song, when you hear something and it just makes you think about other things. So, without holding up any longer, we're going to get into this episode. We're going to call it part one. And hopefully, this will entertain people that are locked in or locked out or are needing something, a little bit of difference in their lives. And hopefully, this will make a difference. So, let's kick it off.
0: No,
1: So I um, thought about doing this during the week and then compiling different things that we do and is it legal, is it illegal, who knows. But the pandemic's here, surely there's a bit of leeway we can just switch off and think about things that happened in the past. For me, 80s and 90s was was good, it was awesome. Um... But 80s, I got my mojo, I think, was the best thing for me. Uh, I broke away from my parents' view of of music and formed... I'd say formed, but I also had a good mate, Grant, who introduced me to a lot of music I probably wouldn't have heard otherwise. I probably wouldn't have taken a big interest in. So, um... And the 80s was real... Uh... Is it English revival? I wouldn't say revival, but it was a real big English influence, and in my life anyway. And um, some of the tracks that were going around were just amazing. Um, movies. I still think that some of the '80s movies that that were um, were written and uh, and filmed were was, was some of the best. I don't think they make movies like that anymore, and it may be a little bit corny. Maybe some of them are, can be a little bit two over the top I've spoken about before but you know for instance this track if anyone recognises it of course it's from the movie that everyone's seen and no one owns up to which is Top Gun and uh, of course there's a a second version coming out this year which is put it in perspective the first one came out in 86 that's a long fucking time ago so we, um, I'm going to talk about movies like that I'm thinking actually with the current situation pandemic that's going on uh, the second one's going to be pushed back a little bit anyway this seems to be the trend at the moment for instance the James Bond movie that I think was due next month has been pushed back to November so this is the sort of shit we're going to have to face so let's in the meantime just be entertained and just have a laugh about the 80s I guess for kids that, or anyone that's listened to it wasn't born around that time and didn't know, you're going to get some insights into it. For people that were, I hope this really jogs some memories and puts you in the seat to think, oh, shit, yeah, I remember that because everyone loves a good memory. Uh, I'm going to kick this off with a track that just shake out everything that's been holding you back. You want to dance, dance, get it out. But this is, um, yeah, one of my... Uh, when i can find it one of my faves of all time actually <laughs> Things are, was big in the 80s, obviously it was movies. And I was talking about Top Gun, for instance. Um, and Top Gun had a budget of $15 million. Now, to make a movie like that now, three times that, at least. Oh, fuck, four or five times. Um, and it actually made $356 million. So just sort of give you an idea of what a winner it was. It was in 86 that it was released, so obviously filmed in 85. Um... It actually still stands up today It's it's not, not too bad um, Yeah, no, it still does Just obviously aircraft's changed since those days But um, yeah, amazing And, you know, I'm not the biggest world's biggest Tom Cruise fan And there's some fucking corny lines in it And cheesy 80s stuff But that's what the 80s is about 80s was about being cheesy um, You can get away with it uh, Also on hand, I forgot to mention Alexa's with me today, so it would be interesting to see what can she tell me about Top Gun. Alexa, what can you tell me about Top Gun the movie?
2: Top Gun is a 1986 action movie starring Tom Cruise, Tim Robbins and Kelly McGillis. As students at the United States Navy's elite fighter weapons school compete to be best in the class, one daring young pilot learns a few things from a civilian instructor that are not taught in the classroom. Its runtime is one hour, fifty minutes. It has an IMDB rating of six point nine out of ten and is rated PG.
1: Alexa. Thank you.
2: No worries.
1: No worries, gotta love that. Um so there you go. We just got the uh, Alexa reading um. The Wikipedia page. I've got to be careful when I say that. Listen
2: to me for just sixteen dollars and forty-five cents with an Audible membership. Your membership will automatically give you every month. Mu-
1: Fuck off. Okay. So.
2: Okay. Here's a sample. If you change. Your Alexa. Mode, just do un-
1: Stop. Give a girl an inch, she'll take a mile. Um. So yeah, that's that was, was Top Gun. One of the the, the big things for the movies for me. Uh, was John Hughes and everyone will talk about John Hughes and and John Hughes has passed away now. John Hughes actually only ever directed eight movies but he wrote for 51 different um, movies and and plot lines and things like that before he passed away in... I can't remember when it was actually, I think uh, 2009. Yeah. So to give you an idea, if anyone... that who's John Hughes? If you think of the movie Vacation, Sixteen Candles, Mr Mum, The Breakfast Club, um, European Vacation, Weird Science, Pretty in Pink, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Trains, Planes and Automobiles, that you, Uncle Buck, Christmas Vacation, Home Alone. He wrote Home Alone and that was all in the 80s. Um, yeah, Home Alone was filmed in the 90s, in 1990, but it was actually written in the 80s. So... This guy was just did amazing things, uh, amazing scripts. And uh, one of the things I I heard, and and this is when, you know, John Hughes was at his prime, but he actually wrote the script for 16 Candles before he'd even met uh, Molly Ringwall. He just saw her, knew her, and went, yep. And to give you an idea of the guy's talent, and not that it's a. ...a huge plot that no one ever understands in Ferris Bueller's Day Off... ...but he actually just wrote the screenplay for it in in um, six days... ...when there was an oncoming writer's strike. So while the strike was coming on he just knocked out Ferris Bueller's Day Off... ...and said here you go, I've got a script, screenplay, here you go. That's the sort of shit that came out of the 80s. So it seemed to be that everything was buoyant with money and cash and... Uh, you know, money to do movies, money to do anything that was out there, it was available and it got flamboyant. There's television shows from the 80s that everyone will remember um, and everyone has their favourite and it's quite diverse across the world because so much of it was made in America and was then filtered out and and in different areas, took it on board. Like Baywatch, for instance, um, was a late eighties TV show that you know, just for a very very basic plot, um, it it just was huge. And of course, there's a there's the sex part of it that and sexuality that appealed to people. But that's what in the eighties you can get away with. It wasn't an issue. Um. So, I guess. Other things that music was a huge factor. As I said, it was a factor in my life. Um, And another uh, track I'm going to throw out there which is totally... ...and this wouldn't be the norm that everyone goes to in the 80s for this band. But it's quite ironic because the guy who was considered to be a sex symbol for women... um, ...all around the world eventually came out as gay... But I often think it was it in front of us and we just never paid attention to it because it wasn't deemed to be, you know, the right thing to do. And now now life is just so acceptable. So anyway, enough of me rambling. Have a listen. Very talented man, great voice Good looking rooster I used to think um, When I was coming into high school going Man this dude's going to get all the chicks So And he just could have But he just wasn't his flavour So kudos to him Um, I'm just going to bang straight into this Because it just reminded me of something This is what I love about music Something fires you up And you just go on to the next one So this is a quickie In that reference—that's the Smiths, and uh, of course, lead singer was Morrissey. He went on to do his own stuff. But Smiths were massive in the UK. They sort of teetered on the edge in Australia, but not a great deal. I don't even know what they're like in America. I don't know if anyone in America's even heard of the Smiths, but they were massive in the UK. And uh, and the lead singer Morrissey went on to do his own thing. Of course, that's what you did back in the eighties, and it was eighties was huge for. Um, busting out uh, a song or busting out a band and sort of making your money and making a hit and then music executives coming, and go, hey, listen, dude, you don't need these other guys. You can do your own thing. So I've got a track from a guy who went solo and um, was fed all everything that he should have, you know. Oh, no, you don't need these guys and did his own thing. But anyway, I'll find that later. Um, what you get away with in the 80s, this is um, quite interesting. We talked about Top Gun. Top Gun's pretty tame. Story, love story, you know, everyone's seen it. I mean, there's no spoiler alerts if anyone hasn't seen it. If you haven't, fuck, there's something wrong with you. Get your shit sorted. But, um, you know, best mate dies, guy falls in love, doesn't know what to do with himself, all while an incident broke out in the Middle East and they engage with Russian... Uh, aircraft, MiGs, and um, you know there was a, there was an incident that w- would never be recorded. Blah blah blah, same sort of shit. What was happening the year couple of years before? Which was actually, f- side note, uh, Top Gun was the, the movie that really fired Val Kilmer into everyone's, you know, on the screen in everyone's eyes was the Iceman. If anyone. ...knows of a movie called Real Genius. It was released the year before. He wasn't the cool cat that he was in Top Gun. But he was a guy who had spent his life in college basically... ...and was genius. It was in a college that was full of very, very smart people. And he played the role of just the ultimate professional student... ...that was going to be there forever and, and you know, was, was a genius... The role was fucking fantastic. I want to say his name was Chris something, but I, I really don't remember. Um, Yeah, really good movie if you can find it. 1985, real genius. One of my fave movies of all time. I think I found it on VHS years later. But the year before that, there was a movie called Revenge of the Nerds. Now, it's cult-like and it's huge and everyone knows it. And anyone who lived in the 80s would have seen it. Um... And it was, ironically, I've just clicked, Um, Anthony Edwards, who starred as Goose in Top Gun, was again the right-hand man of the main character in Revenge of the Nerds. But what you could get away with in 84 was putting cameras in girls' dorm rooms, um, breaking in and... ...and stealing underwear... ...look I think it probably went on the college campus at the time... ...but when you put it in a movie... ...you couldn't get someone to fund that today... ...and go yeah, no, no, that's okay... ...it then went on at the end of it... ...one of the girls slept with... ...who she thought was a boyfriend... ...she dragged him into one of the amusements... ...because he had a mask on... ...and it turned out it was one of the nerds... ...which in another term... ...I guess you could really call that rape... Not that obviously you'd want to. But that was the sort of shit that you could make movies about and no one got up in arms about it. The world wasn't so highly strung as it is now where we just accepted that that was entertainment and it wasn't anyone purposely trying to mislead or... It was a movie. It was fun. It was lighthearted. That's what it was. And I bring that up as an example as yesterday. Anyone that follows me on social media, I just post silly shit at different times. Things that make me laugh... And hopefully in order it makes other people laugh. And I posted... uh, Someone on Instagram had posted, wash your hands. And it was a girl with a sheer shirt on that might as well not had one on... ...because it was so sheer you could see everything. And that was her purpose. Now, with the current situation, this is quite ironic. I'll bring this up because I don't want to get bogged down in coronavirus. But in the current situation... A lot of girls that make money out of OnlyFans accounts and things like that are actually falling over themselves to get content out there so people then follow the links. And maybe that they would not spend money on other things because they're in lockdown. Maybe they'll spend money on OnlyFans accounts and they'll subscribe and they'll get nudity. So anyway, the girl's wearing a shirt, she's washing her hands and the purpose of it is to say that you make sure you wash your hands but I'm actually showing you my boobs because you men are fickle bastards, and yeah, we are. So I, in turn, copied it and posted it and said, this is the mentality of that you need to educate men to wash their hands. You need to show boobs. When we see boobs, we go, yeah, wash hands, boobs. Like, that's the that was the gag. That was the whole thing. I had someone who I followed and followed me, and I actually knew quite well, and I thought, she's a, she's a great person. There's no two ways about it. But somehow that offended her where she had to pass up, no, I'm out, and stop following me. So I sort of laughed and went, oh, she's not serious, and then realised she did. And then I said, well, you know what, I followed over there with the the zero fucks pile. And literally it means zero fucks to me, right? Because if you're not going to get the humour when the world's in a in a pandemic situation where this is what everyone talks about, this is what's what everyone's mine 24-7 and that's all they're breathing and thinking about if you can't cop or, or understand the humor that i'm trying to put down then you're not the sort of person that's going to fit into this realm because i'm um i'm a, I'm a loose character like <laughs> i just say it how it is and it's not about offending anyone it's just i've been like this all my life i i, I don't know any different actually I, i'm toned down if anyone knows me I'm toned down from where I was. But it's never to intently hurt people. I try to make people laugh because I like making people laugh. I like seeing the humorous side of life. And this person sort of t- pissed me off. Well, I really did I don't give a fuck now. See you later. Bye-bye. Don't let the door hitch on the ass on the way out. I don't give a fuck. But it's the mentality of why would it be an issue when it's purely in this day and age just a bit light? That's all it is, you know. So with that, fuck people do my head in at times. Um, and talking about, you know, getting the band together and making a hit. I don't know the history of this guy's band, but the band was, I think, was called New Edition. Actually, let's ask Alexa. See what she knows, Alexa. What can you tell me about the band New Edition?
2: New Edition is an American R&B group from the Roxbury neighbourhood of Boston, Massachusetts, formed in 1978. The group reached its height of popularity in the 1980s. During the group's first experience with fame in 1983, its members were Ricky Bell, Johnny Gill, Michael Vivens, Bobby Brown, Ronnie DeVoe and Ralph Tresvent.
1: So there you go. That's who they were. I didn't know them then. I knew them of when the producers went, yeah, dude, you come in. You don't need those other guys. You can do without them. Hence what happened to another band in the 90s called Take That slash Robbie Williams. So this is, and I'm hoping this jogs some people's memories because it's going to scare me. I don't know if it's got the rap in it, but uh, I still know every word of it, which scares me. So if you hear me singing just... Blocked it out Okay That's You'll get it A bit sudden for what I was expecting, actually. Um, that's Bobby Brown. And of course, he went on to marry Whitney Houston and they had a child together. And I think it's actually a pretty horrible tale because not only is um, Whitney Houston passed away, but I believe his daughter has too. Um, Bobby Christina Brown. Yeah, she died in 2015. Fucking terrible. So anyway, let's not factor in the bad stuff. Let's factor in the good stuff. The the whole 80s was... And these guys were boy band and they were big and, you know. That was Bobby Brown. So now I'm I'm meandering along. Um, What else can I tell you about uh, the 80s which... Sort of sticks out. Okay. Mamie Vice was a TV show which was huge. And that's where you get to wear white jackets and no collared shirt, just a tee underneath and look cool. White white jacket actually. Push the sleeves up. Drive around in a Ferrari. That was cool. Um Of course, the probably the biggest guy, um, Pop Wise. ...was Michael Jackson. And again, he was part of a, a family boy band... ...and then broke away to become a, a superstar. And And I'm not going to get locked into the allegations... ...and things that were said... ...because nothing's been proven and he's dead now... ...and you can't... ...he can't defend himself. And if that was the case... ...then basically it's just a a horrible part of life. But the 80s you never can get bugged down with stuff. Actually... In saying that too, there was probably a lot of things that got swept under the carpet that we never heard of. But, um, yeah, it was just an interesting time. It was about, I don't think we worried, well, I mean, I know I didn't because I wasn't old enough, but you didn't worry that much about money. You didn't, you just knew it had come and, you know, your parents did their best to, to help you out and, for me, as I said, I talked to you, it was about getting my mojo and finding my mojo and and um, going to things called blue light discos. Now, if anyone grew up in Australia or... I, I say Australia because I just presume it happened in other states, but in New South Wales, and particularly Sydney, they had things called blue light discos, which were primarily an under-18s gig that they got kids together, was run by the police or the Police Boys Club... And and not that they were in uniform or, they, you know, it wasn't a, a, a huge police presence, but it was a, about giving the kids under 18 somewhere to go. I don't know that this is a world phenomenon. I just know that that's what happened when uh, I was around. So that's when you got to hear different music and, and dance music and stuff like that. And uh, And, of course, at this stage in my life, American rap had crept in, and um, you know every everybody knew different rap artists that were coming through and but dance music and and just music in general was just crazy so um I love this track this is a this is a cool track that came out at the time, and I'm hoping that this jogs a few memories once again, sound like I'm repeating myself, but I know when I hear it it does, so I hope. That's Womack and Womack. I couldn't tell you what they sang before. I haven't got a clue what they've sung since. Um, but yeah, that was big, and it was dance music, and everyone got down to it. So, um, there's a couple of other tracks I sort of want to knock out. This one in particular is was a late '80s, but it was huge worldwide hit. Um, and I think that. Um, oh what do you say it's popularity Mm. it was one of those songs that just was like nothing else you heard at the time Um, and it's just a a basic track and um, it made everyone feel good that's the honest truth of it it was just a a feel good and I think we could sort of do with that now I think we're sort of down in the in the dumps and the news is constantly pounding shit onto us about this is gonna happen. That's gonna I'm sure we should be aware of it and and we, we need to be um you know be be doing everything that we can, but we also need to keep a mentality. So this actually appeared in the soundtrack for a movie Cocktail. The the film clip had the lead singer, but also had Robin Williams and another comedian, Bill Irwin. Irwin. Um, Robin Williams, didn't matter what he touched in the 80s, it just turned to gold. And, uh, and him in this clip just really added to it. So I'm pretty sure everybody's heard of Bobby McFerrin. If you don't know the name, you'll know the track and enjoy because I think it's just classy when it's time to do what I want it to do. <coughs>
3: Don't
0: worry.
3: Be happy. Don't worry, be happy. Now there is this song I wrote. I hope you learned it note for note, like good little children. Don't worry. Be happy. They listen to what I say. In your life, expect some trouble. But when you worry, you make it double.
1: So that's Barry McFerrin. Don't worry, be happy, which he may say in, the, in the, a few lyrics, a few lines there, the odd occasion. Again, just a happy go lucky. That is probably one of the first tracks of music that looping was was done. Well, actually, not music; everything was um, sung as a cappella. There was no instruments in that, whatever, whatsoever. But that was where looping first probably came in to effect. It's eighty nine. 88, 80, 88, yeah. So, yeah, that's the sort of shit that could get done. I'm going to find some more information on the 80s because we're talking about a lot of things that went on. I don't want to get locked down into wars and the end of the Cold War and American and Russia becoming friends. And like, there was a lot of shit that was going on, the, the, term the terminology of glasnost and perestroika which came, which came out and everyone, you know, started to learn those words. Wouldn't have a clue what it means now, but that was the the talk at the time. Um, I think there was designer babies uh, was 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 coming into effect, um, and I think China then brought in the one baby per family policy somewhere around that stage to sort of cut back on numbers. Well, that didn't work. There's a billion of them, but now they've moved up to two because. the the parents of those children that had the one child are finding it difficult to find a partner for their one child, be it male or female, because the the selection got smaller and smaller. It's crazy when you think about the the big number, but because it was a controlled situation where the parents actually just had one child, they just put a lot of effort into that one child. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, There was other things going on in Europe... Don't really want to get locked into that shit. I'd rather talk about movies and pop culture and things that were going down and um what was popular? Polaroid cameras. Cameras where you took a photo and I then they've made a resurgence, I guess, with the retro market for kids today and they, they take you know, they take a photo when a small sheet of paper comes out and they hang it up or they stick it on their fridge and that's considered retro. But when that's all you had and that's all you knew Like, that was groundbreaking in the 80s. Yeah, quite ironic, isn't it? Um, What else? Prince was making his mark in the 80s. And I haven't got anything queued up for Prince, but basically not only was Prince a phenomenon to deal with and he would write... Every album he put out had a different theme or a different mentality to it and it was highly sexualized, and it was highly but it was that's who the guy was but he was writing so many different songs for other people under different names i think he had a pseudonym i think it was christopher or something quite basic um and these were becoming hits the 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 two that i think of that sort of stick out is manic monday um, by the bangles written by prince Set them way up the charts. I don't know that that the the Bengals would have been anything big at all without that song. Um, Sinead O'Connor, who is is an, an amazing um, singer in her own right, but never really hit the world stage until she released a song "Nothing Compares to You," which was written by Prince. So, you know, th- there's. The guy was again he's passed, which is fucking sad. But the guy was amazing musical talent, and what he did was he took and said, "Well, if you're not into me, and that's cool, you don't have to be into me." There's all these other avenues that we've got, which is which is crazy, and that's the other thing in the '80s. I think the '80s was the explosion of so many different genres of music that all competed on 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 the the top. Hundred or top 50 or top 20 whatever it was um, and I don't think that we we see that as much I don't know that there is you know um, top 100s I presume it is how do you track record sales do people buy records I don't buy records I subscribe everyone subscribes now so I don't know how they measure that do they measure it through subscriptions how do people get paid I don't have a clue of any of that but at the time in the 80s there was um, – yeah, Prince was just an amazing – and, you know, you had dance music in a chart with something like Don't Worry, Be Happy and then you had rock breaking through and, and I don't even scratched the surface on the 80s rock bands and hair bands that came through because it was just amazing and, and that's probably for part two just to talk about that alone. But, um, you know, this for instance was – Something that everyone recognises with the 80s. And, um, and I'm not going to go and play it in its entirety because everybody knows it. Right? I don't know that they know much about the, the band or what other songs they had, but Taken On Me by Aha was... And it had a, look, it had a cool uh, film clip. Which is pretty groundbreaking at the time, mixing animation and and um, real life footage at the same time. So, you know, like, that, that's that's what in the eighties was big. I'm not going to sort of ramble on about that one because everybody has heard it, everybody's known it. Um, where will I go with this? I'll um, I'll actually I'll hit. I'll, I'll hit up a one that – when we're talking about blue light discos and you're hanging out with your mates or you see a girl or you might know a girl from – and it was a really slow process. What Tinder does now, I, I've noticed, is Tinder just fast forwards everything. In the 80s, you can actually go to these blue lights and you talk or you get to know someone and each time you go. And it'd be, you would hang for that week – to see that person because there was no mobile phones. And then you think, oh, geez, I hope she's gone next week. And if, I don't know if you're brave enough, I don't know what it was, that you get a phone number, then you'd have to ring her phone number and hope that she picked the phone up and it wasn't her parents because you wouldn't want to speak to her parents. The parents don't know who you are. And I don't know that the conversations were that long, although I, I'm a good chatter. I never had a problem chatting. But these are the things that you had to contemplate. So when it gets to the end of the night or they and they just like all good old fashioned eighties DJs did, they'd have a track where um I'm just trying to find what I would play, what you'd come into. But there'd be a track where uh you go from dancing with a girl to slow dancing. And um no, that's not it. What would you have? Um, maybe something like this and then ask it to dance There would have been saliva exchange. There would have been tongues in other people's mouths. And then the song song would finish and people would just stop kissing. I don't know why, but anyway. That's the blue light under-18s discos of the 80s that took place. And I think from what I remember, the younger kids, which at one stage I was one of the young kids, be standing around looking. Anyway. That's what they used to do to keep us from being on the streets or taking drugs or, you know, vandalism. Vandalism used to be massive when I was a kid. boxes, especially. It wouldn't be a Friday or Saturday night unless someone went through and tried to clean up your letterbox. Crazy world. All right, well, this has been a trip down memory lane in so many ways. This is This is the coronavirus companion. That's what the whole thing is. If you're locked in, if you're in quarantine, if you need something just to bug out for a bit, then this is what this is about. Um, it's a bit naughty maybe, I don't know. I don't know the ramifications. I mean I subscribe and the music's mine I guess. it's, I've paid for it but anyway, uh, I hope that it's entertained. I'm going to finish off with one track which if you were born in Australia you would know it. I don't know if it's known around the world, but it's just an Australian icon of the 80s. Maybe there's a part two of the 80s. We need to get into the 90s at some stage. I'm a massive, massive Pearl Jam fan. so And Lenny Kravitz, and there's a lot of things to talk about. But, of course, my regular podcast will come out tomorrow on Sunday, um, which pokes fun at idiots in society, I guess. This is a bit... Calm is a bit mellow. This is just to sort of take the edge off what's going on in the world and listen to a few tracks and listen to a bit of spin and see what you think. Anyway, I'm going to be back tomorrow with my regular podcast. Again, this is a bonus episode on the Zero Fucks podcast, but the regular one will be back and I'll see you then. Hope you enjoy this last track. As I said to you, if you're an Australian, you'll know it. It's just... Everyone in Australia does. And uh, <laughs> just sums up the 80s. The guy's still kicking around. Anyway, enjoy. Thanks for listening to a Guerrilla Radio podcast. I hope you've enjoyed what you've listened to. Remember, you can find all Guerrilla Radio podcasts on all good podcast catches and maybe some bad ones. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Guerrilla Radio Australia and Twitter on Guerrilla underscore KMAC. Don't forget the website, guerrillaradio.com.au for all other information. And thank you for taking the time to listen.
3: Thank you, Randy. Goodbye. Bye now. Goodbye. Oh, my God.